0: Welcome to Feeling Female AF, the podcast where we'll discover and share new ways to navigate all the feelings that come with being female.
1: Hi and welcome to this week's episode. So this week we're going to be talking about cervical screening or as we would usually call it, your smear test. That's right, that's a lovely smear test. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the favourite time. So, can you remember your first?
0: No, and we were discussing this before, yeah. so because I've been sexually active since the age of 16... Yep. Yeah, so... Also, been very conscious of keeping on top of my sexual health, yeah. Whether that be through fear or knowledge, I'm not quite sure because I can't yeah. really remember. Um, but I did make the effort to go to a, a sexual health clinic, yeah, after the, my first sexual encounter, yeah. And I had a not a smear, but um, obviously an examination, yeah, and a swab taken, so yeah. it was a very similar sort of procedure. Um, I think the swabs um like a long cotton bud as we said before very different um but yes from from doing that I did that a couple of more times, obviously, continuing on my sexual journey. Yeah. And then by the time it came to doing a smear test, that was like second nature to me to lie back and open up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're at the dentist. Well, you know,
0: <laughs> if the shoe fits. But yeah, I
1: think I think screening nowadays is is a little bit different. So it tends to be more like a, a blood test, sorry, sexual health screening, a blood test, and you might actually do the... swabs yourself right um so if if you hadn't had the type of sexual screening that we'd been through when we were younger Mm. maybe it would seem like a bit more of a daunting experience
0: yeah probably um again not knowing what to expect and i'm quite i'm quite open like that so i don't have any sort of inhibitions when it comes to showing a professional my body yeah i've got no problem or somebody you know yeah, friend wise yeah. it's just not something that bothers me as such and it's not doesn't mean that I'm not embarrassed by it yeah it just means I know this is happening for a reason and needs to happen so yeah um
1: the practicality yeah. of it sort of and the reason for it takes over any kind of feeling that you're that yeah, you've got inside
0: yeah. I mean what about yourself were you do you remember your first one
1: I don't actually, know, but like but like you, I think because I'd been for a sexual health screen before, you'd been through the experience, so mm. the only difference was the type of sort of swab that it was, Yeah. Um. so obviously for, the reason that we're doing this this podcast today is because we kind of, th- there was a big spike, wasn't there, in people getting their smear test done more, sadly yeah. because of the Jay Goody story, yes. where unfortunately yes. she did pass away from having cervical cancer. Um, but that had a really, really good impact at the time because it meant that a lot more people were made aware of it and when yeah. it got tested. But it seems like that's changed a lot. Yeah, little bit it definitely now. seems
0: to have dwindled. And, and this is not something that we talk about necessarily. Obviously, we talk with each other, as we do with everything. Yeah. But we also have friends that we've never discussed this with, um, yeah. never asked them, but we do have a very good friend that up until recently had never had a smear test, and she's in her mid-30s. Yeah. And we literally had to convince her that this was something she needed to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. To so the point
0: what... where she like, messaged us, didn't she, on the day? I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be so proud, I've done it. And it's like,
1: okay, well done. Keep yeah. it up now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I suppose it's that thing of of kind of... Going into everything about it for anybody out there that has got their first one due or is thinking about it, is nervous about it. If there's anything that we can shed light on today that might convince even just one person to go that wasn't intending to. Exactly. Exactly. Then in my mind, kind of job's done. But for anybody who's not been through one before, you essentially sort of lie down on a couch. Yeah. You might have stirrups to put your feet into. look well, at you. I've never had a stirrup. Maybe it depends where you go. <laughs> it will do. It will do. Um, but sometimes they have even just like a little footrest at the end of the bed kind right. of thing and shove yourself down. Um, and then obviously you have what I would call the duck. I don't really know what the, the proper yeah, name is. No,
0: I'm not sure of the proper name, but obviously it's just a cold metal instrument yeah. that is used to... Well, it's inserted inside you yeah. and then opened to obviously give them access to your cervix so that they can gain that access much easily but just keeps your vagina walls open enough for that swab to go in and hit the right place yeah and Um, then so the
1: swab would usually on like a long plastic stick it kind of looks very similar to a big cotton bud but has sort of like a a little brush at the end because that that can actually take a little scraping from the cervix area yeah um and that's kind of it, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, literally. Very occasionally, you'll have a little bit of blood on there because it is touching, you know, yeah. a, a piece of skin. There, there was always the, yeah, the yeah. chance that that's going to happen, but it doesn't mean that it's like extremely uncomfortable. No. Is it? Is there no feeling whatsoever? No, you can feel something. Can you can be tense because of the situation? You can be nervous, which means obviously your muscles tighten up a little yeah. bit. So, just the experience of that. The thing to open your vagina going in can can be uncomfortable but if you can try and stay as calm as possible deep breaths yeah and usually the nurses are just so lovely oh they're
0: so lovely like i've never had a bad experience with anything like that and i've I've actually had a funny experience with one i think it was my last one to the point where because she commented on how beautiful my cervix was it gave me the giggles (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh there she is Isn't she? oh she's beautiful and I was like well thank you very much you know Aww. I grew her myself and um, then we had a little giggle and when I laughed she was like oh please don't laugh it'll fly out the window <laughs> so then which obviously I'm laughing more and trying not to but yeah. it was it was just a lovely experience at the yeah. time because it was just a nice little giggle in the middle of a serious procedure.
1: I always think, in a way, it's like it's quite nice because it's the one time, in a way, as an adult, you're almost treated a little bit as a kid, aren't yeah. you? It's like, hey, are you, darling? You're all right? Yeah. sort of like, oh, but no, this is nice. Because yeah. it's not often that you're treated like that anymore. No. And they're just really... Obviously, the people who do this have gone into that profession for a reason because yeah. they want to look after people and they do really make you feel looked after and comfortable and... I suppose, like, if there's is anybody out there that's going for the first one or a bit nervous, like, what to do to make yourself feel comfortable. So, for me, I would tend to wear a skirt yeah, because... If you aren't that particularly, you know, body brave or you're a bit nervous, then you don't necessarily need to think, right, I've got to take my pants off. I've got to take my knickers off. Yeah. Because that can feel uncomfortable. Whereas having a skirt just makes you feel a little bit more protected. Yeah, that's a protected.
0: good, good uh, point there. Yeah, a dress or a skirt yeah. for easy access.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then you've 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 still got material around your hips, your thighs, maybe just underneath your bum. Yeah. They obviously give you something anyway, like a tissue or a cloth. It depends yeah, on yeah. the place. yeah. Um,
0: and it's all performed behind a screen or yeah. behind a curtain. You're never just in an open room yeah. lying there like Kimbo with yeah. nothing to cover you. It is all done very professionally. And yeah. it's over literally within the matter of minutes, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No sooner are you are you lying down than within seconds you're getting dressed yeah. again. And of course you can phone up beforehand and find out if the person administering the treatment is male or female. Oh, can um, you? Um if you know, if if you if you felt uncomfortable with the thought of it being a male, then you could request beforehand for that to be changed. You're always allowed to do that. I've never actually had a male perform it. No, I haven't. Um, but at the same time, I would, I wouldn't necessarily be against it. I think it's just, I'm so used to it being female.
0: Yeah. I really don't think I've ever had any male inspect me. No. Um, other than a few close chosen few, <laughs> but no, um, no, no male professional has ever ever performed anything like that for me. No, no, um, same. Must be quite a female-led um, sort of career yeah, choice. But... yeah.
1: but it doesn't mean that there won't be no, um, no. male nurses or male doctors out there. Of course that won't not. Carry but that's out, good
0: but... to know that you can actually ring up and find out. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know if, it, if it's. If it's the things standing in your way from going, absolutely, you have the right to. You have the right to have a chaperone if you wanted somebody to go with you if you felt nervous. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's just whatever makes you feel comfortable, isn't it? Yeah.
0: And they are really understanding, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, yes, it is, it's embarrassing the first time, but Mm. your health is just so much more important, isn't it? And there seems to be so many women who aren't going
0: yeah well that's uh, one of the things I was going to bring up because we looked at some facts didn't we we found that one in four women actually skip their screening yeah Um, and that's a lot yeah Um, it's a huge amount and that that actually increases the younger you get Um, but to avoid something like this which is just a small cell sample that's gonna just check the health of your
1: cervix and your your overall health yeah it's so necessary exactly and with anything you know cancer-led it's the early stages that that save it basically isn't it It finding something early is is what's going to make it easier to deal with so so for that little moment of discomfort Oh it's, it's so, so worth it. it. And what it starts from the age of 25 just before you're 25? Yeah,
0: up until so in the UK, um you're invited for a screen at the age of 25, but you could have that up to 6 months before your actual 25th birthday. Yeah. And then you have them every 3 years unless there is a reason for you to have them more often. yeah And I have had that. I've had to return within 12 months, which we'll yeah. go into detail with um and then that's up until the age of 49 and then when you get to oh after 49 you're invited every five years and that's Mm -hmm. up to the age of 65 obviously they'll continue if there's a if there's a need for them to continue but if if all is fine these are just regular checks same as your dentist really just with with a larger time frame um, on there yeah just to go and check your health
1: yeah and when you think it 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 really isn't that invasive okay it is invasive in the sense of where it where the the test is but it's not that uncomfortable the moment that you're gone there's no there's absolutely no discomfort afterwards there's no no pain there's nothing like that there's no lasting stamp that you've had this done and you literally come back three years later if there is no follow-up
0: yeah I'd rather do that once a week than go to the doctors every nine months if I'm honest (laughs) yeah
1: exactly yeah it's a lot um
0: it's, it's so easy
1: so you know if there is anybody out there debating it then then please do go in and and get it done and if you are feeling uncomfortable just say when you get there i feel really nervous because that that's completely normal and they'll talk you through yeah. everything and they'll make you feel comfortable
0: yeah they will yeah they really will yeah um so what i was gonna say the last smear that i had or well the most recent smear um i was invited back yeah and, After twelve months, because they found that I had the HPV virus, yeah, which is the human papilloma virus, yeah, um, and I'd never really heard about that. Mm. I'll be honest, I, I had an inkling that it was about, I knew it was about there, but it wasn't very common when we
1: were younger, was it? It wasn't like something something that was was discussed. discussed. No, no, No. I knew that. Like, I knew my mum went for smear tests because she would say, "I'm going for a smear test," but. I didn't know what it was for or why no. but there was never any mention of that um or hpv as it's known if yeah we, if we keep calling it by hpv because it's a very long word Yes, um yeah. but yeah i had i had no clue but it seems to be something that's really really common doesn't it it?
0: is so after i had my results um i remember my mum being really concerned yeah um and obviously i wasn't really i wasn't young um but i can't think how many years ago now it's probably around six or seven years ago yeah um but, you know, I said, oh, I had an um, abnormal uh, result from a smear test. And yeah. they told me I've got HPV. And my mum was like, well, what's HPV? I said, I don't know. But they've told me that I'll go back for a smear and I'll be invited back within 12 months. So she was really concerned to the point where she was like, well, let's make a doctor's appointment and go find out. So she came to the doctors with me. yeah, And we sat and asked the doctor who was very just much like quite dismissive in the sense that it was like, well, it's just a common virus. Um, yeah. It can be sexually um, transmitted or it can be through skin-to-skin contact it doesn't have to be through sexual contact um and that was pretty much it yeah and it was like it'll either go away on its own or it won't and that's yeah. all you have those repeat um testing uh, screens for is just to make sure it goes away so i was i had it explained to me as a common cold for your vagina or for your (laughs) service that's literally how it was explained to me it's a cold you'll either get over it and your body will either you'll have it and have no symptoms and it'll go away or and it'll possibly come back you just don't know but it's when it doesn't go away that it seems to cause the issues but I went for my follow-up and 12 months later I was fine so it was just
1: gone yeah all gone all good it's just funny that there isn't a common cold for a vagina well yeah yeah. But obviously now we know that HPV is apparently something most people will get. Mm. Male, female, um, and, and it's very apparent in a lot of people. But so many people have it that don't know because your body can just deal with it.
0: Yeah, well there's just no symptoms. And yeah. uh, I think it was 8 in 10 people have um, have it and it goes away without any problems. Yeah. yeah. And even that's a really high amount
1: again. Yeah but it's good now they obviously there's a vaccination program out there now isn't there? so
0: there is for boys and
1: girls yeah i think it said year eight from the things that i saw which which i guess right yeah because it's around 12 it is
0: 12 to 13 years of age nhs offers the hpv vaccine yeah. And that's free up until the age of 25. Yeah. Um you and me fall out of that bracket unfortunately. Only just. <laughs> <laughs> but I did ask just about it. Just by the 11 years. <laughs> well, 10 for you. Yeah. I did request it um cuz I knew there was a vaccine by then when I mm-hmm. um was diagnosed with it. And it was sort of like no no you you don't need it. It's it's the vaccine's only offered for the younger generation now. Yeah. You can just crack on. But um no, it's, it's good to know that there is something there now yeah. for the younger generation they can use. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that'll continue.
1: And because it's so common, it's obviously the age that they're, they're giving it to to the teens is or the preteen yeah. is, is the... hopefully before they're sexually active yeah. because it can be passed skin to skin or by sexual contact. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully it'll catch it beforehand. So I guess the fact that they're giving this vaccination to everybody of that age does really indicate
0: oh, it should how common it. it is.
1: It's probably like the equivalent of you having chicken box. Yeah,
0: yeah. Every,
1: you know, it's one of them things that you, nearly everybody you know has had, except because it's sort of this silent thing. Yeah. Nobody really knows about it. It's only when you get to smear tests and people explaining what they are that you suddenly realise it's a thing.
0: Yeah, um. yeah. It's funny because I, I don't remember my mum ever saying about smear tests and then when I was very young and then when I was older she asked me if I'd been for one so which I was like yeah yeah I've had about I think I'd had two by then so she yeah. was like "All oh, right, okay but again wasn't checked in on like this is our female health that we're looking into here yeah nobody yeah. sort of stopped and go and, and made sure I'd had it and again it's one of those isn't it you're invited to it but it's not enforced um, yes so really I think it, it, we need to make more people more, more women aware of the necessity of it um but again, it, it's happening now. I think with children being more or like pre teens like we say, more aware of the possibility of contracting HPV.
1: Yeah.
0: Hopefully that will encourage them to have the smear test or the cervical screening yeah. to make sure that, you know, the vaccines worked if they yeah. had that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um it's just, it's nice to know that they are doing something, isn't it? But but I do remember my mum saying about it, but I don't know that I understood exactly what it was. No. Or, you know, when the results came or anything yeah. like that. Um, but, no. it's, yeah, it's weird. It's
0: weird. So, you don't remember your first one, but I know you've had um, multiples now. Yeah. Are you okay to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't remember my first one or... Or particularly my first few. I seem to remember one um, where there was a bit of blood. Um, but like I say, that, like that can be. Spotting? Yeah, that can be sort of standard, can't it? She just, when she'd done the test, she was like, oh, there's a bit of blood on here, darling, you all right? And I was no. like, yeah, yeah, fine. Um, no no blood after that, no discomfort after that. But, but yeah, I had um, one in, I want to say maybe December 2015 or January 2016 and yeah it must have been january and i had the smear test and i had um just moved house and so my records hadn't changed right um and i just got a phone call out the blue to say um we need to make an appointment at the hospital for you um following your smear Uh, we just need to have a further look at you um so i was like oh okay thinking, oh, they need to have a further look. I was in the middle of moving house, uh, you know, life had just yeah. changed very dramatically. Lots of stuff going on. Because i just single, there was a lot going on. So I literally took the phone call as it was, as we're, you know, we're coming to... We need to have a further look at you. Um, I think it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, my appointment was going to be on the Friday. So I drove to Ormskirk Hospital and when I got there I was sort of like oh I don't really know what this is going to involve but I've done my usual stuff so that you feel nice and clean and you know so that you feel your best when somebody's going to be looking at you um and when I got there they explained that I was going to be having a colposcopy right which is basically um a further examination so it means that they found something with your smear that they would class as abnormal and a reason to look into it further. And the colposcopy is sort of looking at your cervix through a magnifying glass. So it's kind of the same process, um, just in a hospital on, um, a chair that's got some really good stirrups on there <laughs> <laughs> good, good, and it, and it lifts up in the air so that the, 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 um, the nurse or doctor can look at you properly from a good angle and it'll be on like a big screen. Um, but yeah, the, before I actually sat in the chair and they explained, they sat me down to say, so there's different types of cells um, that you that you may have. So you could come here, and it could be that you've got HPV. It could be that you have abnormal cells, but within the abnormal cells, there's different types. So the way they explained it to me at the time, she drew a piece, of, she put a piece of paper and she put four lines down the piece of paper and said, there's like one, two, three, and four types of cells and four being, um, high grade severe cells. So they're like precancerous cells. Right. And she was like, if I show you this scale, this is where you are. You've got high grade cells. So we're going to take them off now. Okay. Um, so I just sort of sat there, like, in shock. Because <laughs> so because in my mind, you you were just coming for a further look. And they were like, have you brought somebody with you? And I was like, no. Aww. I was uh, living in Liverpool City Centre in my flat. I'd driven to Ormskirk Hospital. I was meant to be going back to work. Um, and they were like, oh, just because you'll have to have, you know, a, a local anaesthetic. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I've not brought anybody with me. So I went went off to get changed so they have like a little a little toilet and a locker so you can have a wee before you can put all your stuff in a locker it's just for you so everything's there the lazy was so lovely he was looking after me yeah um like holding your hand and stuff like that to to check on you um i once i got into that little room i just remember texting the girls whatsapp group and going mm-hmm. like oh my god i've got precancerous cells they're gonna remove them and then i just sort of yeah. through my phone thanks for that yeah and was like because you just sort of think i don't really know what to do about this like it was just a bit overwhelming um and then you go back into the room so you have like you, you leave all your top on but you just wrap a, a cloth around the bottom half of you then you go back and sit in the chair um you put the cloth over the bottom side of you and just sort of scooch down on this chair and then they raise the chair up in the air your feet are in the stirrups um and then like i say the same thing for a smear like they open up your vagina so that they can see inside the cervix yeah um and then they sort of take a further look at you um she did a local anesthetic which is a little injection into your vagina so it's into the inside of you right can you Um, feel that it's just like a little scratch. Okay. And then she said, what you might experience now is a little bit of numbing. So it was like my bum cheek went dead <laughs> and started going dead from the bum cheek down to my leg. So obviously because your feet are in stirrups, you sort of feel... I'm trying to like do an example, but we're on a podcast. Um, <laughs> you, you just feel a little, a little bit weird. It's a bit of a strange sensation. Um, then they take a biopsy of the cells that are there Or the skin that's there so that they can test that and see have the cells progressed further past pre-cancerous stage. So they're just checking that everything that they've got is the same. Then they put um, like this sticker pad on your thigh which is to earth you because the treatment that they do involves electricity.
0: Um,
1: So it's a a large loop um, excision I think is what it's called also known as let's treatment um and yeah so that basically just does like a little electrical cut of the area to remove the cells like a small laser like yeah yeah exactly um and then that's it really then you just you maybe five minutes ten minutes then you go back in get changed come back in they tell you that um what sort of symptoms you might experience afterwards so you're not allowed to have sex for four weeks you're not allowed to have a bath for four weeks you'll probably have um some bleeding some tissue some discoloration for about four weeks just bits basically coming out of you Um, obviously you're gonna have a period in the middle of that as well so it's just to be careful for um just keep an eye on it, basically, as to what's going yeah, on. anything How unusual. If anything starts to smell, you need to make sure you ring them. If you have excruciating pain, you need to make sure you ring them. So there's a you know a duty of care to you afterwards. Um, and then you get put into a little side room to have a cup of tea and a biscuit. Lovely. Because you, sometimes you can feel a little bit funny after a local yeah. anaesthetic. So that was that then. Um, and then I think within four to six weeks, the results of the biopsy come back. Okay. And that was clear. So brilliant. that was that all done um and then six months after that you have a follow-up smear test just to make sure everything's gone away and Mm -hmm. that smear test came back completely normal so then I had this is where I get a little bit confused because I think there's definitely been a normal smear I thought I'd gone on my three-year rotation but I must have had one normal smear following that and then I've had the normal three-year gap, had another smear, and then that one's come back abnormal as well. Right. Um, Which I kind of had a feeling it would do. I don't know why, but for some reason, that smear test, just something in me, said it's going to come back abnormal again. Yeah. So my results came back... um, I think it was October, November last year. So 2019. Um, so it was abnormal cells again. Slightly slightly less high grade than right. the first time. So they weren't the most severe, but they were still abnormal. But not abnormal enough to be brought in in such an emergency. So obviously last time I should have received a letter, but it had gone to my old house and it would have explained exactly yeah. what treatment I was going to have, exactly what colposcopy meant you would have had a chance to digest yes, and know yeah, what you were going exactly. into. So that's not the normal process, that you just get a phone call. But this was the, um, it was abnormal cells. Um, but we'll bring you in in about four to six weeks. So you get your hospital appointment. It explains that you'll have a colposcopy again. So a colposcopy itself doesn't always mean you're going to have treatment. It is just to look at you. You might just be looked at and sent away. You might be looked at and have a biopsy. You might be looked at and have cells removed. It all depends on what your result from your smear test is. So the grading of the cells determines what treatment you're going to get when that coloscopy, is it called? Colposcopy. Colposcopy. Yeah. So if this time I went, I had... They're called lower grade abnormal cells. So they're still abnormal. They're still classed as pre-cancerous, but they weren't the most severe that they can be. So they don't need to be removed immediately. What they do is take a biopsy. Right. So you have an appointment in four to six weeks time. They take a biopsy. You get the results for that in four to six weeks time and then they decide what to do. So I thought the biopsy was going to be, it's fine, but it wasn't. Um, It was that... Either they progressed or they were abnormal enough to have to be removed now. Which meant that from my sort of smear in the November, I then was getting cells removed in the March. But obviously that's quite a long time to wait. Yeah. Um, not as in that it's an inappropriate long time, but it's, it's a long time to have things going on Hanging in your mind. Hanging you, yeah. Um, so I got cells removed again in March... Um, then you have the same thing again of the four weeks. Um, so that's the four weeks with stuff falling out of you. Yeah. Basically wearing uh, towels every single day with various things coming out of you. Now, the first time I had the treatment done, I drove back to work straight away. Oh, did you? I think I was in a bit of shock because I hadn't been expecting it to happen. I told my boss what had happened. He was like, go home. Um, I made the mistake of continuing to move into my apartment. Um, And I don't know if you remember, but you and another friend came over to see me because we were meant to have a night out in Liverpool, which ended up being a night in because my stomach seemed to go into like this weird like um, twitchiness. Yeah, (laughs) It's like all the muscles were just sort of like having a bit of a panic. Um, so, So yeah, for anybody out there that does have to go for a colposcopy and get some treatment done, please just sit down for 24 hours or 48 hours and just look after yourself. They don't necessarily advise you to do that, but they... What harm is it going to do with you taking some time to look after yourself? Exactly, exactly. And what I did was go and lug a load of boxes. And I think it's just your tummy muscles are a little bit in shock. Um, Also the biopsy. Like don't dash back into work again my mind is always dash back into work do this do that but but the biopsy can almost be a little bit more uncomfortable than the treatment because they usually take that without giving you any kind of um anesthetic anesthetic beforehand so yeah. sometimes it's like getting cramped straight away um it, your body thinks something's going on so it's you know it's severe cramps I couldn't quite sit up straight um so I just wanted to go home and lie down and put a water bottle on me yeah. but you're absolutely fine you know the day after yeah. but I think it it sort of makes out like you don't necessarily need to do anything but don't feel bad if you do need to do that and look after yourself but anyway second time abnormal cells removed in the March and everything in me was like everything's going to be completely fine went for my follow up smear which was six months later it showed something was abnormal again so I had to go for a colposcopy again which was november 2020 so like two weeks ago now um and luckily this time it basically is just that hpv is still present right so i don't have abnormal cells right now they don't need removing right now because there aren't any but i still have the virus that creates the The cells cells, in the first place and so i need to go back in 12 months so obviously i was really really upset Um, when that came through because I just wanted it to be over now. You've kind of
0: had it in like a backwards motion, if that makes sense. So from my experience with having the HPV and then having the smear and having an all clear, if you'd have had the HPV and then obviously had the cells that were slightly abnormal and then had the follow-on and had the cells that were more abnormal, you would think that was the route that it would go, wouldn't you? But yours seems to be decreasing, which is good. Yeah. Uh, But obviously still frustrating for you.
1: Yeah, I think... You, you you feel a little bit you can't help but feel a bit unlucky that you've had it twice. Um but having it twice you think, okay, that'll be enough now. Yeah, that'll be enough, it'll be all done now. And I think because whilst the 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 pain, none of that lasts a year, but the process has been a year from my smear a year ago to the follow-up, to the test, to the biopsy, yeah. to the treatment, to the six-month follow-up, to then it being abnormal again. It's been, you know, a year, just over a year, so you kind of want to just be able to close that chapter and put it to bed, and unfortunately... Yeah. there's yeah. Um, there's another year, and obviously I messaged all you girls again just saying, I'm really upset. I just need to cry all day because I'm just fed up of it. Um, But I knew that I'd be okay again the next day, which I am. Like... The appointment for next year is on the wall. It's ready. I know when it's going to be. I've got to go back. They'll look at me again. And hopefully this time my body will have done the job that the HPV will be gone. Um, But if it isn't gone, it isn't gone. And, and, you know, cells might need to be removed again. It's just the, the thing of what is it doing to your body. So obviously since I've had the treatment twice, my periods are bad now. And when you say
0: so bad, what's bad about them?
1: Um, The pain is insane. So the pain after... I had a period three or four days after my second treatment. So I expected that not to be great because that's sort of bad timing, isn't it? it Cheers, is body, for giving me my period now. Um, But I was out of action for the entire day. And I'm never somebody that, that sort of suffered that much with pain or... Wouldn't want my period to stand in the way of anything. Um, But it really knocked me for six. I couldn't do anything to the point that I think I might have even told my mum and dad. And then they were like, do you want us to come round? And I was like, yeah, I actually do. Like, I feel horrendous. Come look after me. Yeah. Um, And then the next period was like that. And the next period was like that. So then I was like, okay, maybe this treatment has done something. Maybe there's a little bit of scar tissue. And obviously, because of my age and the fact that I'm single, I've I have looked into whether my body's healthy or not. I've I've paid for private tests just to check it. You know, yeah, is everything healthy, which it is. But they did mention having two treatments can change your cervix. Then when I've had the treatment, she was explaining to a student nurse the fact that my cervix will be different because it's got scar tissue. That she wasn't talking to me about that. She was talking to the is student that funny? nurse. But, Why not tell you? Yeah, I mean, you sat there, but I think, again, because it's a nerve-wracking thing, your brain's just not quite working the same. Yeah. You just sort of listen to what's happening around you. And they'd left the TV screen on as well um, the entire time so I could see everything. So I was so distracted by the fact that I could see everything. Yeah. Because usually they don't show you, they just go, this is what we're doing, and then they turn it back again. Right. Um. But, yeah, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit now. But, yeah, I'd, I had my had my ovarian health and all of that looked into and everything seems to be healthy but now that I've had two I am actually going again to have it double checked just for peace of mind really that
0: no I think that's smart because like you say it's changed the way that you experience your periods now with the pain yeah and if you want to keep on top of your health then this is something that you need to look into but how scary is it that if you hadn't have continued with your smears or had
1: smears in the first place this wouldn't have been found no because you know the first i was 30 31 yeah so that's the age that you 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 don't think of people having serious things at that age do you obviously they do and younger but you don't think of it and um you know, I, d- I just didn't anticipate to get an abnormal result. I didn't even really ever think of an abnormal. No, result. I'd never I never heard thought of anyone. Smear really? fine, smear fine. I'd never heard of it. Obviously, now I've heard of it a hell of a lot more because once I got the second one, I started talking about it. I only talked about it to my nearest and dearest after the first one. Yeah. But after the second one. I mentioned it a bit more and then found other people who'd had it and then found other people who'd had it twice as well. Right. So it didn't feel quite so bad. But yeah, like you say, if I hadn't have had my smears, the first lot of cells I had were high grade. So whilst apparently it can take five to ten years to turn into anything more sinister, why would you want to take the risk? No, you wouldn't. No, if they're high grade already at 30 yeah. and you would not go in for your smears, by the time you our age now or 40 it yeah. could be too late and i know that that is a long time but it when they're really, only every three years
0: yeah it sounds really dramatic but this is something that is offered to you for free for a reason yeah it's not there just as a tick box exercise for dnhs to get funding whatever like like that
1: it's there for you to use and utilize yeah and and really keep on top of your cervical health. And to be fair, like, that's what I said last time when I was at the hospital, because I said, like, I think they could see this time that I was a little bit stressed. They've always sort of been really nice and they're like, you're done really well. I did say, I I am quite upset that, like, there's still something unusual and I have to come back in a year. Is there a reason? Can it happen? And it does seem that if you're the type of person to get an abnormal once or twice, you can just be the unlucky one that it does seem to keep happening to unfortunately. Right. Um but but I said I would take that over the alternative. Definitely. Um Well wells on you for actually
0: going ahead having your smears and continuing them and ensuring that you were on top of that and yeah. looking after yourself.
1: Yeah, well I mean it to me it's just it's just what you do isn't it? But you sort of you want to talk about it because I have heard other people say about Um, abnormal cells and the experience and they've described it as as being awful and horrendous and and it's not pleasant but it isn't the worst thing that I've ever been through um it's emotional and I think you should allow yourself to be emotional about it I think Mm. I tried to bury it the first time and just it was just such a shock it was just one of them things like you, you say you had a lot going on at the time so yeah. it was just
0: sort of pushed to the background wasn't it yes when really it was quite serious the first time yeah well more serious the first time than the others really yeah yeah um and yeah it was just brushed off yeah and really you should have given you time yourself time to let yeah. it sink in and to get that support that you needed yeah um And again, we always seem to come back to self-care, but some self-care could have happened there that didn't. Yeah. And I'm sure there was in the aftermath, um, but in the initial stage that you said you continue to move in and just, you know, I will prevail. I'm a woman that can do everything as we do. I and mean, really, you should have just stopped and gone, I need help here.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Hand and that's up. like, actually, while we're talking about it, top tips for anybody that is going to go and get a colposcopy done, just in case. Yeah. Prepare by going to the shop and getting some towels beforehand. Um, ideally, some thicker ones. Yeah. Um, they don't need to be, like, for heavy periods or anything, but just a thicker, normal No panty ones. liners. I would get panty liners, too. Oh, would you? Because... They're much more comfortable to wear uh. and quite often what's coming out won't require anything thicker but have both because you'll have times where you, you want both. Get some chocolate, get some magazines and tell some people and have it all in the house ready because you can't have a bath So and the one thing you want when you've got pain there is a bath so make mm. sure you've got things for hot water bottles, films, anything to just allow yourself to be comfortable um, because it can take you by surprise. Um so that's fine. I mean, yeah. I think if that was me, I'd be getting some uh,
0: some ready meals in and getting the 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 other half, if there was one, to help with the housework and to just generally take some pressure off and and make sure that I had that time to just look after myself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You you really really need that time. And if your mind is saying, "Oh, should I should I cancel my class tomorrow? Should I?" Stop moving house. Should <laughs> I still go on that night out? Um, if you have a biopsy, please give yourself that whole day to recover, potentially the next day. If you actually do have cells removed, please give yourself the entire weekend. Yeah. Or if obviously it happens on a Wednesday, please give yourself the Wednesday, Thursday, potentially the Friday. Yeah, why but, not? Just go for the three days. If you need to, go back to work the Friday, fair enough. But try not to do anything too labour intensive because I don't I don't think they make a big deal of it and it isn't a big deal but you just don't know how your tummy muscles are going to react and like you say everybody's different so take that time even if you have to book that time off and cancel it yeah, you know it's an option yes what I kept doing was going oh, I, well I won't know until I've been whether I need to come back to work or not and it was actually my male boss who said to me you're off the entire day and I was so glad because what I wasn't prepared for was my emotional response right. with it being the third time and it not being the end yet, even though I didn't actually have any treatment. Um, my body was fine, but my mind wasn't yeah. and I really needed the day. So. That's, that's really good of him now. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if anybody can actually hear the dog in the background <laughs> there. I've done our best to, uh, to, to cover her sounds. She will not be
0: stifled. No, no. She wants her voice too. <laughs> well, you never know what she needs to get out. All right. Brilliant. Well. I just want to say on on that end note obviously listen to those top tips follow us and have a look at what else we've got to
1: say about smears yeah Um, yeah if you've got questions pop them in the group obviously I can answer anything from my own experience but there might be other girls out there if you're worried about anything if you've had an abnormal result and you don't know what to expect like we'll do our best to to share because that's the one of the first things I did was start googling stuff and it can be what you can find on google can be scary because people might be a lot further down the line with the treatment than you are they might have a higher grade than you and it might look scary some people deal with things differently so it can be scary for you but yeah you know drop it in there drop it in the socials
0: yeah drop it
1: in ask us any questions you want
0: share with each other and that way we can all be more empowered and have a better knowledge base going yeah. forward for all of this but ladies messages go on Vic Get your smears. Get your smears.
1: Talk (laughs) to your friends about it. If you hear your friends saying they're scared, go with them. Hold their hand. Do whatever they need. Because believe me, all of this stuff is much more worth it than the end result. Yeah. Why you know there's so many cancers out there that you can't catch, that you can't stop. Why are you not taking the opportunity to catch the ones that you can? Exactly. So get your smears. Yeah, why not? Get them booked in. I feel like I need one now.
0: thank you for listening please remember to like rate and subscribe
1: if you'd like to follow us on social media we are feeling female af on instagram facebook and twitter you can also join the conversation in our facebook group by searching the feeling female af lounge and finally to stay up to date with all things feeling female go to feelingfemaleaf.com and sign up to our mailing list